get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And our friend Mark Saxon joins us now on 101 ESPN. Big Saxy, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastic. It looks like it's going to be a beautiful day, so uh, we got that to look forward to, right? Yes, absolutely. Hey, we want to start with this. Uh, uh, One of your cohorts in the sport writing business, John Heyman, tweeted last week that Yachty had received calls from the Yankees and Mets plus three or four other teams in addition to the Cardinals and said that St. Louis is likely favorite, but in free agency, you never know. We've been talking this morning about Yachty's fit with the Yankees. What would you think of that? I mean, I think, you know, on the surface, it makes perfect sense, right? I mean, what did we hear all of last year is that the Yankees weren't happy with their catching defense, right, with Gary Sanchez. Um, The other guy ended up uh, playing, I I can't remember his exact name. Higashawa, I believe, is his name. Yeah, there you go. Ended up playing a bunch in the postseason, and Sanchez obviously had an awful season. So if you're looking to sort of – you see teams sort of course correct. Often they go to the extreme, and so why not get the most respected defensive catcher out there? Now, I tend to view a lot of these things as sort of early in the in the process, kind of negotiating ploys. Now, I'm sure that, you know, Yachty's camp would like it to appear that there's this tremendously robust interest and multiple teams are calling. We don't really know the nature of those calls. They may not be, look, we want to make an offer next week. It might be more like, Checking in. Most teams check in on virtually every free agent. That's the first thing to know. So an agent can always use a check-in call as sort of a uh, a show of interest. But on the other hand, it's Yadier Molina. There is going to be interest. And the Cardinals are aware of that. The question is, um, you know, will they be able to circle back and ultimately make the top offer, I think, is really the issue. Mark, where do you think that desire lies for them to keep Yachty? Is it something that they desperately want to do? And depending on what offers he gets elsewhere, they're going to make the final push to him to convince him to stay? Or do you think they're in a position where they're wondering, yeah, maybe he will pull an Albert and he'll make this decision for us? Yeah, that is such a good question, Michelle. And it's really hard for me to kind of decipher exactly, you know, how far they're willing to go with Yachty. Because all, all we know is what they're saying, and that is that they very much would like to keep him and Adam Wainwright, by the way. Um, and yet they also give off signs that, you know, financially they're not willing to extend, you know, beyond you know, their comfort zone. And that's not necessarily high this offseason with the lost revenue that they're telling us about. So it's really a great question, and I think it speaks to whether they're they're willing to sort of you know, begin a bit of a transition, right? I mean, Yadier Molina has been so much what this team has been about in terms of the run prevention, which for the most part has been the strength of this organization. And so are they willing to risk 
sort of the status quo of what they've been really good at in order to potentially improve another area of the team, which is slugging percentage. Because, you know, one thing Yadier provides, he provides a high batting average for a catcher. He doesn't necessarily provide that home run power. And so it's a really good question, and it speaks to kind of, you know, the state of the franchise with a lot in flux right now. I think another thing that I would ask myself if I were in the shoes of Bill DeWitt Jr. or John Mozeliak is if I'm going to spend 10 or $15 million on that player, is my future chance of winning a World Series better by giving him an extra year or by seeing what I've got in a guy like Kisner and maybe having to move on to Herrera? Am I just kind of uh, foregoing the inevitable here? by having him for another year just so that he can, if I don't think I can win a World Series with him in 2021, am I better with him being elsewhere so that I can find out what I'm going to have so that I can win a World Series in the future? Yeah, 100%. That, you, you know, you would, you would hope that that is 100% of sort of the nexus of the, of the equation for the team. You wonder also, though, whether they would like to have a hedge against, you know, maybe losing some attendance next year. And so, He's such an incredibly popular player in this area. I, I think for the team, there's also a business component to this, Randy, and that is, will we turn off our fans if we don't end up signing him, particularly if he signs a deal elsewhere that's not sort of, you know, mind-blowing, you know, contract. If it's just sort of an $8 million one year with a team option and he it ends up going to the Yankees, could that turn off your fan base and are you risking – maybe some blowback next year in terms of who shows up if they're allowed to go. Now, if you look at the smart franchises, they're usually out in front of that aging curve, right? But Yachty really hasn't aged that dramatically. Really, none of his numbers really have slipped dramatically. So I I do think there's an argument for retaining him, and that is, you know, not taking a huge step back in the run prevention side of things. Mark, to that point, when I think about the business side of this with Yachty, I think about Randy Rosarena and Cardinals fans having to watch him have success elsewhere in the postseason. While it's a completely different scenario because Randy Rosarena is a young player with a lot of career and a lot of runway left, and it's painful in that way, I wonder if the Cardinals are viewing this Yachty or Molina decision through that lens a little bit and think to themselves, what will the response from the fan base be if we let Yachty walk and he wins with someone else? Yeah, I, I think the Randy Rosarena performance throughout October really just it was it was a tough time for the Cardinals front office, right? I mean, there's just really no way to, you know, shrug that one off. Now, it was five weeks of incredible hitting. It was not a career by any means, but still, when he did it, right? And, and the fact that he provided exactly what this team lacked, I think does – you know, add to that anxiety that maybe the front office has about, you know, turning off some of this fan base. And I, I think they should listen to that. On the other hand, you never want to make those decisions based strictly on nostalgia, especially if it hurts you in another part of your roster. And I think, I think that's where this becomes a very tricky decision and one they're going to have to navigate very closely, not only – you know, for the for the baseball side of things, but for the perception side of things. So this is a more complicated decision than it would be for, you know, a, a player they had just signed a couple of years ago. You're, you're talking about a guy who a lot of people have great memories of, right? 
Mark Saxon, you always have great work at The Athletic, and last week you put up your roster breakdown of hitters and pitchers. And one guy that I think a lot about is Carlos Martinez, because I believe you and I are on the same page. That would be a very difficult person in large part because of his contract, but in also in large part because of things that happen off the field. He'd be a large, uh, a hard person to trade, wouldn't he, Carlos? Do we lose Mark? I think so. This is sad. I thought it was my headphones. Me too. So did I. But apparently not. Because my headphones, uh, as we talked about last week, have to be charged now. So I thought they might have just died. Are you doing a good job with that? Yes. I need a post-it note reminder for things until I get a routine. So Mm -hmm. I put a post-it note reminder right where I leave my work bag every day that says charge your headphones. But I thought they might have just died. (laughs) I do want to read to you exactly what Mark said in The Athletic. He said, other team can see how much time Martinez has missed and can read the Cardinals' comments on him over the years. It's hard to predict where this one will go, but it's hard to see the Cardinals getting much salary relief here, much less elite prospects in return. It might make more sense to hold on to him and see what he can provide in the bullpen. Uh, Mark Saxon is back with us, and I, I agree with that. And I also think that he might provide some intrigue for you with the injury issues that you have as your sixth or maybe fifth starter, because you don't know what Michaelis is going to be at the beginning of the year, right? So if I'm looking, uh, Mark, at Flaherty, KK, Michaelis Gomber, and then I would give him the opportunity to battle for that fifth job. And if Michaelis is hurt, maybe the fourth or fifth job. Yeah, I think that's right. It, it, first, they have to determine, you know, is, is he healthy enough, right? That was he was he pitching healthy last year? Like I know they gave him that opportunity be, to be in the rotation. The COVID set him back, of course, um, but he's had that sort of shoulder issue for years now, and teams are very well aware of that around the league. So that does, I think, make him quite difficult to trade. And Randy, you hit an issue that's really kind of interesting right on the head. If Austin Gomber and Daniel Ponce de Leon are in the Cardinals rotation next season, which I think is a legitimate possibility. And let me throw it. I think Reyes will get a great opportunity to start too. We'll see. I mean, he was what the Cardinals have tended to do when a guy has that kind of success in the bullpen um, you know, I, I think with Alex, they'll have to ask themselves whether the load of being a starting pitcher is something that's realistic at this stage of his career, um, given three seasons missed to kind of, you know, catastrophic injuries. We'll see about that one. I, I would like to see that. I think it'd be interesting. I think, I think even Helsley would be a guy who might be interesting as a starter. But if they stay status quo with those guys, suddenly that starting depth is kind of evaporated, right? You've got Oviedo and Woodford. They don't really view Oviedo as a guy who right now is is probably a likelihood to step into the rotation next year. They th- still think he's a year away. Last year was he was sort of thrust into it with all the COVID moves. Um, but I do agree that Carlos very well could be more important to you as as a depth uh, piece than he he would be as a as a trade piece. Because I agree with you. I, I just don't think the market is out there that people maybe think it is. Mark, the state of this team is so intriguing heading into 2021. And as you go up and down the roster, you can really look at any position. There's questions with every position and every player. I think if you remove Paul Goldschmidt from this conversation in first base, there's really questions everywhere else. So outside of Paul Goldschmidt, if we're if we're naming the top three people that we have confidence in in the Cardinals heading into 2021, who are your other two with Goldie that you round out the top three with? 
Well, I, you know, if we leave sort of Yadier aside, you know, the team has always shown tremendous, um, you know, belief in Paul DeYoung. And I, I do think last season his, his, his hitting numbers were affected by the fact that he, he did get sick with COVID. It took him a while to get his strength back. I think people just need to be a little bit accepting of that. He's a guy who I, I think they still absolutely view as a core piece. Um, but you're right. And then you might even jump to a guy like Dylan Carlson after that, just because, you know, you saw their belief in him when his numbers were really not good um, after he came up that first time and they sent him back to satellite camp. They brought him back with tremendous belief that he would turn it around, and he did that. And within a week or so or 10 days, he was the cleanup hitter. So that tells you what they believe about his upside. And I think a lot of you know, their optimism for next year is just that he's going to be the guy that we saw, you know, put up those numbers at AAA, and they really, really like this kid. So, you know, I, I think that you might quickly get to a Carlson if you're looking for reasons to feel, you know, good about this team. Mark Saxon, you're always great. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Take it easy. You talk too. Soon. That is our friend Mark Saxon from The Athletic on 101 ESPN. Coming up, a lot of great, interesting stories so far in the NFL season. What's the best one going right now? That's coming your way on Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN.